Welcome to Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. Hey, I'm Doug McAllister. Along with me today is Ezra Kaysen III, and we're going to be talking to you today about some of our favorite things about growing up in the South. Uh, this is the podcast from Journey Fellowship Church, uh, and we come to you every week, and we usually tell stories that we need to tell last Sunday, and today I wanted to uh, tell a, a whole bunch more stories that I probably wouldn't ever have time to tell on Sunday, and that is some of our boyhood memories of growing up in the South. And uh, man, I'll tell you... Uh, Ezra, there's been so many um, good memories uh, about being a, a little boy in the South. And I want to just take a, some time today and talk about the food that we ate and the things we learned from our parents and, you know, some of the good stuff about our childhood. Now, you were born in Tupelo, Mississippi. That's correct. Is that right? That is right. Did you ever run into Elvis? Uh, no. We <laughs> no. passed his house quite a bit. Though. Really? Yeah. Is it still there? It's still there. It's a, uh, memorial, uh, city attraction, basically. No way. Yeah, it's a, I thought it it's was a, gone. No, it's a city attraction. Yeah. They, uh, turned it into a museum. There's, um, actually a, a small tour you can take. Yeah. It's a part of one of the parks in the area. So. I got to go to Tupelo, yeah. man. Oh, see, man. Yeah, was you got to go to Tupelo anyway. You, you know, I know, right? We, everybody should go to Tupelo at least once. But, you know, Elvis died in, what, 1970? What year? 77. Was, so you were born what, what year? I was born in seventy three. So you were you were too young to even remember, or did you do you remember when Elvis died? Well, I think I remember a little bit. Um, yeah. My grandmother had told me this story. And this is my mom's mom. Yeah. Um, she told me a story that she used to play with Elvis when she was little. No way. And he used to get everybody in trouble. Are you serious? <laughs> that was did. your grandmother. My, that was my grandma. Played with Elvis. Played with Elvis. And yeah. <laughs> she well. Said he was pretty I rough. didn't know Elvis, or no one I knew knew Elvis, but we were Elvis fans. In fact, I remember the day he died. It was like, uh, what day was it? August of 77. I came home from school, or maybe wasn't even school yet, but I came home from playing with my friends. And when I got home, my mom met me at the door and said, Elvis died. Oh, I mean, wow. it was a big deal. Yeah, it you was. Know? Yeah, it, of course, it was a long time ago. It was like his... Like the Michael Jackson, like what yeah. Michael Jackson would become. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's like yeah. when Michael Jackson died or when Kobe Bryant died. Right. Like the whole world stopped and talked about it. Right. You know, when Elvis died, you know, it was a, a day that everybody marked. So you were born in Elvis's hometown. So yes. at least two great men have come out of Tupelo. <laughs> right. Elvis and Ezra, and they all began with the letter E, apparently. Come on, man. Now, did you grow up in Tupelo? No, I actually grew up in an adjacent town called Plantersville, Mississippi. Yeah. Uh, Plantersville literally is about probably two minutes from Tupelo. It's oh, like really? right on, it's just connected on the to line, it. right? Yeah. 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 It's kind of like being uh, in Slidell and then going to. What's the next town over? Pearl River? Uh, oh, no, closer than that. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, it, yeah. it's that close. Yeah. Yeah, wow. you can walk across a track and be in Tupelo. I got you. So yeah. it's it's basically Tupelo. Yeah. Yeah, it's all yeah. the same town. Yeah. Um, you know, I was thinking this morning as we were getting ready about some of the uh, the food that I enjoyed as a little boy. Now, our family didn't go to church. Okay. Um, but on special events, we would go for, you know, uh, things that were – you know, that involved food, you know, <laughs> Revival. yeah, well, we would go for like dinner on the ground. You, right. You, do you remember going to dinner on the ground? And that's a funny name that they call, they used to call it dinner on the ground. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. we didn't have those. We had church picnics. Yeah. Um, we always went to a church picnic. 
Yeah. Uh, it's Tom Bigby State Park. Oh, really? Yes. So that's sort of like a church picnic would be a dinner on the grounds for us, you know, yeah. because it's the same term. But the little Baptist churches all around our house would always have, you know, an outreach, and they would make dinner and invite all the community to come. Okay. They'd call it dinner on the ground. Everybody would bring, you know, covered dishes and share and and, and eat. Uh, so those were always like a a, a buffet, you oh, know, yeah. in the, for the community. And you would get to share. Yeah. Any any food that comes to mind that you loved? Um, in that particular setting? Or anything um, with your family? Man, oh man, with my family? Yeah. Pretty much anything my mama cooked. What'd your mama cook? Uh, my mom, let's see, my mama would cook every Sunday. Yeah. And we would have anything from pot roast to fried chicken, maybe pot roast and fried chicken. Mm. Uh, green beans, pinto beans. Yes. Uh, she always made a dessert. It was a chocolate cake, German chocolate cake. Uh, shoot, man, you, you tea make, cakes. Did you ever make cobbler Just, like peach cobbler? Oh, or? most definitely. But that was my that was my mother's favorite oh, thing is that right? to make. Yeah, that was my dad's mom. Right. Yeah, she had the peach cobbler. That, that was, was her thing. She brought the peach cobbler yes, and peanut butter. Yeah, <laughs> my mom made some killer peach cobbler. Man, it was just. It was all made from scratch, man. I'm talking yeah. it was like nothing was in a can or nothing was out of the freezer. It was just yeah. mom in the kitchen all day. And we had Sunday dinners where I was the fifth of five, and all my older brothers and sisters were married, and they would all come home for Sunday dinner. And my mom put on a spread, man. It was usually, like yeah. you said, fried chicken or pot roast or, yeah. you know, some sometimes it was spaghetti and meatballs. But, man, what great memories. Yeah. And the great food that we uh, that we grew up with. My mama had this saying, uh, she always cooked enough because you never knew who was going to show up. I know. And that was something that, that it's even still to this day, it sticks with me. Yeah. Um, and we don't have dinners and stuff like that anymore, but it still sticks with me that, that like, it took me a long time to, like, like get quantities down. I know. You know, because yeah. that was like something that. Because when you grew up in a big family, you know, sometimes there's 15 or 20 or 25 people eating together. So you just cooked a lot man. of food, man. man. You just made a, a ton of food and and fed whoever showed. Sometimes the neighbor, my mom would make plates for our neighbors and she would tell me, bring this down to. Uh, you yeah, know, to Miss Aura down at her house, or somebody who couldn't get out, you know. So we was feeding half the block, you yeah. know, in the uh, half the country road we lived on, just yeah. bringing food down and, and dropping it off, you know. And uh, I think quantity was something that you know, like like you said, was you know not even thought of. Make more, always make more than right. you need. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like that. Uh, the uh, principle of being a cheerful giver. Yeah, you know, I think a lot of times people did it with food. I know my mom did. Yeah. She even fed my bullies. Yeah. I was like, dude, really? <laughs> she fed your enemies? Yeah. yeah. Like, how many how, how many kids were in your family? Uh well, as far as like in my mom's household, yeah. uh two. Yeah. You know, I'm blended family. Right. So, so how, how many total? Um, at at any given time it could probably be like me, my my oldest sister, and my stepbrother and stepsister. Okay. So four um, kids. So four in that house. Right. Yeah. So right. in my mama's house it'd be four. But then Got to count my cousins. Right. And your aunts and uncles. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because my mom's house was the house that everybody came to to yeah. hang out. Yeah. You know, nobody wanted to stay at their house. So they she's always to, cooking. Yeah, she was yeah. always. Did your mom ever make big biscuits? 
Oh man, come on! My mom called. I think they called them cathead biscuits or something like that. Yeah, cathead and whole cakes. Because they were as big as because <laughs> <laughs> they were as big as a cat's head, and yeah. man, they were fluffy and delicious. And she made homemade gravy out of the drippings from the bacon. Yeah, which you know is probably the most unhealthy meal in the world. <laughs> but man, it tasted Still, so good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my mom. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I still make homemade gravy now yeah, just because yeah, of my mama. We do too, man. Because yeah. I see people, you know, I used to work in a uh, grocery store. Yeah. So I would see people go in and they would spend like three, four dollars, yeah. maybe two dollars or something uh, for uh, a jar of, of, of gravy. gravy yeah. Where I'm like, y'all so sorry for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you eat that for gravy? Right. It's not gravy. Poor baby. <laughs> oh, that's all y'all got. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my like, mom would make gravy, man. A bowl of gravy. Yeah. Yeah. And when biscuits. she made that, that uh that yeah. whole cake was like yeah. the the dough that was left over. Yeah. So she would take it and spread it out. And it'd yeah. be like the size of like a small, like a small paper plate. You know, yeah. the little cheap paper plates mm-hmm. with the ripples. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you just take it and, and break it. it. Yeah. Like brick apart bread. Yeah. 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 Man. That's good stuff. Man, that's that, that's some really, really good memories. Um, I think, you know, when I um remember about my mom cooking um especially when all my brothers and sisters were, were coming over she'd always make banana pudding uh from scratch so you know she would um uh, she'd make the banana pudding there's a story my, my older brother when he was a little boy it happened to him so he was he was a little before i was born he was a little boy and um he was outside playing and mama was cooking dinner and some of the cousins were over and aunts and uncles and uh at that time, the, um, the adults always ate first, and then they fed the kids. Uh, yeah. It's a whole different culture, man. That the, the adults would eat, and then yeah. the kids would be called in, and they would eat, and then you know. They, so the adults went first, basically, and then the kids came in and joined. Uh, so my brother's out in the yard, and the adults were starting to eat, and he he yelled in to the house, "Hey, mama, save me some of that banana pudding." And that was a story they told on him. Every Christmas until my mom died, you know, hey, y'all say Paul on that banana pudding, right. you know, because he didn't want to get left out. Of course, they never got left out. All the kids got to eat. But in his world, like the adults are in there. They may eat all that banana pudding yeah. before I get there. But that was, yeah. you know, uh, the, the homemade desserts and the, you know, the, the strawberries out of the field. You know, oh, it was just, man. yeah. And yeah. see, we didn't, we didn't have, uh, we didn't have like our own garden or anything like that. Um, but we did have. The, the guy that owned the land where we stayed, um, Mr. Foster, he was our landlord. And so, and I lived in a trailer park, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm going all the way southern on you. Go through it. <laughs> so, Mr. Foster had, um, we called him Mr. Todd Foster. Yeah. I don't know why we called him Mr. Todd. Tot? But yes, Todd. Okay. But his name was Leotrich. Yeah. Yeah. So that may be the reason why. Yeah. He, but yeah. he needs Mr. a nickname. Fo- yeah, yeah, no, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Mr. Foster worked for Purnell Pride. So, yeah. like, and anybody that knows Purnell Pride knows that that's an old chicken processing company yeah. like Tyson. Yeah. So, long story short, he had his own growth, uh, his own uh, garden. And this guy had everything from corn to greens to 
cabbage, you name it, it was yeah. probably in his garden. And yeah. the garden wasn't huge. Yeah. So sometimes he just go through the neighborhood and just give people yeah. greens and stuff. He shared yeah. what he had. Yeah. And so of course whatever we didn't buy and if he gave it to us, we my, man, my mom would like cook up some of the best stuff. Yeah. Just out of that. And it, it's it's just like a I don't know, the environment and the culture of sharing. Yeah. You know, and sharing with people even when you didn't like them. I mm-hmm. saw people do that. Yeah. And it w- it was really cool. Right. And you brought up banana pudding and banana pudding from scratch. I almost never eat banana pudding if it's not from yeah. scratch. Yeah, it's almost like it's just fake. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. You're looking at vanilla pudding and it's like, yeah. oh, no offense to anybody that makes yeah. it with vanilla pudding. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the main ingredient now. <laughs> That's how you make it. Yeah. And Cool Whip. Yeah, and Cool Whip. Yeah. And, uh, and vanilla wafers. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Pernell Pride. Yeah. Um, you ever heard of Calmaine Foods? No. It was a competitor. My first job when I was 15 was working for Calmaine Foods. And Calmaine is short for California to Maine. It was a string of chicken houses. Oh, wow. So there were several thousand farmers who farmed chickens. It's like, like a co-op. And Calmaine would buy all of their eggs and then would buy all their chickens okay. once the chickens were of age to be slaughtered and, and sold in the market. Uh, so my first job was catching chickens. You meant processed, not slaughtered. <laughs> slaughtered, man. There's no easy way around that, bro. Yeah, we got we to soften the blow. You mean those chickens right. are killed? Oh, no. Yeah. You know, I read, a, I read the other day on some chicken in one of the markets I was buying, and it said free-range chicken. I'm thinking... Oh, he was outside by himself. Uh, <laughs> you know, it just means it took longer yeah. to catch him. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. So you know, back in those days, you had to catch your chickens and process them. You right. know. Uh, so anyway, my first job was catching chickens. So we get there at two o'clock in the morning, uh, and we'd spend four hours catching chickens and putting them on the truck to get them to to the processing plant. Yeah, you know. It, it makes you hat, appreciate man. fried chicken, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It yeah. really does. You know, it, it seems like a, a you know a, a world ago, man, because everything's changed. Yeah. When you walk into um, a supermarket, you know, there's a meat section with just every kind of meat available. You know, it's processed, it's packed, it's priced, it's beautiful. You know, yeah. we've taken all of the horror of uh, preparing meals and just gotten you right. know, gotten rid of it. You know, but when you live in the country and living in the country, man, you were part of it. You know, we bought our our milk uh, from a dairy farmer and we bought it in five gallon pails. Oh, wow. it, was, it was still warm. I mean, it was still fresh out of the cow, man. You know, it was like it was cow's milk. You can make butter out of it. It was still everything was still in it, you know, uh, and that was only in the 1960s. You know, here we are, you know, yeah. like 55 years later and that world doesn't exist anymore. No, you know, it's not gone. It, it's a uh, I think it's like one of those things that people do now. It's just like, you know what? I want to get closer to the earth. And yeah. I want to make my own butter. It, yeah. It's, a it's not as good as it sounds. <laughs> It's not as fun as it sounds, you know? It's a lot of work, man. Yeah. yeah. We grew our own food. My dad had a 10-acre farm. We grew our own food, you know, and, you know, most of the stuff that we ate, you know, we, we processed yeah. it or bought it from the local farmer or we'd buy a cow or or, or, or we'd split one with a neighbor because right. we couldn't afford a whole cow, you know, and it was, you know, it was a different world growing up back then. It was. Yeah, and, and food was the center of everything you did, man. You We came together, it was to eat, you know, and to, and to, and to enjoy 
being together back when Sunday was really a day off. Right. Do you remember those days when oh, yeah. everything yeah. was closed on Sunday? I remember when Not just was, Chick-fil-A, but everything. Yeah, right. When I was a kid, I remember um, like basically in Plantersville, almost every single last thing yeah. was closed. Yeah, everything. I remember you couldn't get any alcohol on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, nothing. If it was open, right. you couldn't get any of that stuff. No, you, um, you couldn't buy anything yeah, that was no. considered adult, like alcohol or cigarettes or right. anything. Right. Now, Sunday, you got to take a break. Yep. Sorry if you got to have it. Yeah. Wait and, till Monday. Right. Yeah. Or either later in the evening. Yeah. When, you know, it's kind of like a, like observing Sabbath. Sabbath, yeah. and then yeah. when evening came, Sabbath was over. Now right. you can go. All get right, now, your, now you can yeah. go get what you need. I know. Yeah, yeah, and so, it was crazy when, yeah. when that kind of stuff. Uh, the first time I went home because I was an adult, I had moved, and I came home, and they say, "Hey, you know the store is open." Yeah, it's like that was like big news. Know, it's like right. stores open on Sunday. What's going on? <laughs> what happened? Right. It's yeah. Like, hey, things are changing. Yeah. 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 It was, it was, it was a traumatic shift, man, where, you know, everything, everything was open all the time. So you go from living in the country, you know, by yourself out, out in the country and your mom yelled out the front door, you know, you ever yeah. heard your mom yell your name out the front door? Yes, I did. And yeah. usually I was afraid. Yeah. You was in trouble. <laughs> you was in trouble. Brings me to another saying. She yeah. was like, if I call your name and you don't hear me, you too far away. That's right. I was like, yeah, yeah. 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 And, you know, uh, as long as you didn't go too far, moms were fine with it. You know, right. you can just wander around because we would, you know, we'd go outside early in the morning and come back at dark. Yeah. We'd be gone nine or ten hours. Yeah. Can you imagine your children being gone from ten hours from no, here? No, man. I know, right? No, I my, cannot. My mom would say, go out. In fact, mom would tell us, go outside. Yeah. Go outside and play. <laughs> don't go too far and don't come back in. If one of my kids were to go outside, yeah. I'd be like, is Jesus coming? I know. Today? For nine hours? <laughs> For nine hours? 30 minutes. I know, man. My mom, I remember uh, if I went in too often, right? She would, get, she would get on me and say, would you stop coming in every 30 minutes? Right. You know? Stop uh, letting out my good air. And then we, I'm not trying to air condition in the whole world because we had one room air condition because uh, we had a, a window unit in the front room. Right. So you walk in the front room, mom, you let all cold air out. You know, and then I, my mom had a saying that I heard a lot of Southern moms would say, and this is this is a quote, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what you're not going to do. That's what my mom would say. I'll tell you what you're not going to do. You're not going to come in out of this house all day long. You're either going to stay in or stay out. I would stay out. You know, I play with my cousins and climb trees and, you know, sneak down to the river and all, all kind of stuff. Oh, man. Yeah. It, I, I remember being a kid, we literally would, my mom would tell us we can go outside and play. And I would go with some of my cousins and we literally would go from the yard to whoever's that pasture was through the woods and everything. And now I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm not going through there. But we would do that all day. I know it. Like you said, it, it wouldn't necessarily be like eight hours because it just all depended on where we were, what right. we were doing for the day. But I know for about four or five hours. Yeah. You know, and it didn't matter what the temperature was. No matter. Yeah, this humidity here. Climbing trees or... You know, wade, wading in the creek. Or, yeah. You know, yeah. hanging out at your neighbor's house. Uh, we had a neighbor down the street that had a, uh, they had air conditioning in their whole house, and we'll, which is a treat, man. It's when you're really rich when you yeah. get air conditioning. So sometimes we go to their house, knock on the door, and they let us in, and we stay in their house for a couple hours just to cool off. 
We're going over to the cooling station. Yeah, we're going over today. to the cool house. You know, we're gonna go see see what's going on over there. Cooling station. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when um when um when I got in trouble, my mom would, would tell me, Now you know, I'm a, I'm I'm gonna tell you daddy when he gets home. And that was always bad news, man. Or if she's really mad, she would say, Go get me a switch out of the tree. Oh man. I know that that would probably land you in jail these days. Yes. <laughs> if you would get arrested. Would. If you if you spanked your kids, you know, but my mom, she didn't play, bro. You you either towed the line or you got a spanking, you know? Man, I had an uncle. I loved him, but I hated when he moved with us because his name is his real name's Tommy. Yeah. But his nickname is Buck. Yeah. So not like Uncle Buck in the movie. Yeah. But like Uncle Buck in the movie. We can talk about that in a minute. <laughs> about how many family members you have nicknames for. I got a couple I got to tell you about. But tell me about Uncle Buck. Okay, so, oh, man. I had so many cousins and uncles named Robert Lee. Yeah. And so, of course, we had like 50 million yeah. uh, variations of Robert Lee or Rob or, yeah. you know. But either way, um, Uncle Buck. Like my mom, she was like, "Go outside and get you a switch." I go outside, get me a switch. Mm. I try to find me something kind of dry because yeah. I knew it was gonna break. It'll snap, right? Yeah, right. So the, that the whooping wouldn't last long. She was like, "You know what? This switch isn't good enough." Yeah. But go outside oh, and get me man. a switch. Uncle Buck had to go get one. Man, it looked like Uncle Buck went and found Noah or Moses or somebody. Say, "Hey, where's the best reeds at?" <laughs> that lasts forever, <laughs> right? Yeah. And he would come back with stuff like, "Dude, you getting ready to go fishing?" Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, oh she my god, got a cane pole. I really don't yeah, know, <laughs> I had a I had a cousin uh, that that one of the cousins nicknamed him Booger, oh which my is a gosh. horrible name to call your cousin. I had a cousin named Booger. You had a Booger? Yeah, <laughs> I did. They called him Booger uh, because he never combed his hair. And literally, he come to he come to family events. He like he got out of bed and walked straight to our house. Like, dude, you didn't comb your. So anyway, they started calling him Booger because he would never comb his hair. And cousin Booger, he was a handsome guy. He wasn't oh ugly or just scary. Right. Why did he get called Booger? Yeah, mine too. And it stopped. I mean, literally, he's an adult. Yeah, what's Booger? And I, I don't think his had anything to do with actual boogers either. No, it wasn't about what about your nose. It was about you yeah. like a booger man, a scary man. Right, you know, right, like, right. I think, that was, I think it was attitude thing. Or I think it was situation. Our cousin Booger. I, I, you know yeah. what? To this day, I don't know his real name. That, oh my god! I know his last name, but I, I don't know his first name. Everybody calls him Booger to this day. Yeah, we we still call my cousin's name was Willie. Yeah. Okay, Lord rest his soul. Yeah. He uh <laughs> he actually grew up like my little brother. It yeah. was like we literally were brothers. He stayed at our house that much. Oh wow. Yes, yeah. he stayed at our house that much. My auntie lived with us for a little while, and then when she moved out, they still came to the yeah. house. And I don't know how he got the name Booger, but. Yeah. That was his name, and we called him that until he passed. I wonder if every family has a booger. I know, right? <laughs> it That's great. I didn't think anybody else had a cousin named Booger. I thought Booger was just in a movie. But there was an NFL player called Booger McFarlane. That's I, right, yeah. I used to laugh at that. There's another Booger, booger McFarlane. Yeah. So maybe everybody's got one. And it was normal for people to call him that. I know. Hey, Boog. Like, right. like, oh yeah, yeah. We had a cousin that had uh, he was redheaded and freckle faced, and we all called him Freck because he had freckles. You know, it was like a term of endearment, man. You know, we would take your defining quality and make it your name. You know, it was just a cousin, a cousin thing. Another cousin, uh, he had a mole on his right ear, so we called him Mo, short for mole. <laughs> I think that's kind of me. We called him Mo. Mo. But he, he loved being called because it was his nickname to all the cousins called. Hey, Mo. 
because he had a mole on his ear. You know? Oh, my gosh. I know, right? It's country people, man. I it's know. just a different way of living, bro. You know? I, I, <laughs> yeah. We had uh, family friends named after uh, after drinks. Yeah. Like, we had this one guy, and unfortunately, most of them were beer. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We had a guy named Pap. Yeah. After Pap's Pap Blue Ribbon. Ribbon. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and that was his nickname. Yeah. Um, have another guy. His name was Pepsi Cola. No way. And that literally that was his nickname. Y'all called because, him Pepsi. Yes. Did he drink yes. a lot of Pepsi? Yes, he did. What he did? My dad drank Slitz beer when I was a kid. You, you ever heard of Slitz? Yeah. It's like the cheap beer of uh, you know of right. Milwaukee. My dad drank a lot of Slitz beer, and there was a commercial about Slitz beer, and the guy in the commercial, his name was Papa Joe. He was the spokesman for Slitz beer. Oh wow! And that's how my dad came to be called Pop. Oh, wow. was after Slitz beer. Okay. To this day, you know, my dad's passed. He's been, he's been gone since 2006. Uh, but to this day, when we refer to him, we all refer to him as Pop. Yeah. But it goes back to his beer drinking days when he drank Slitz beer. <laughs> oh, Nobody wow. knows that back in the story. It's like That's it was a beer nickname, wow. you know, we called him Pop. Yeah. yeah. I had an uncle named his his name was Robert. Yeah. But we called him Bibby. Yeah. And um, short for Robert or no? Something. I don't know what it was. It might have been short for. B.B. King Jr. Because <laughs> he played, he was he was blind. Yeah. I won't go into the story of how he became blind. Gosh, he was blind. Yeah. He was a blind musician? Blind musician that made homebrew. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we need him back, bro. We're almost out of blind musicians, man. <laughs> Seriously. They're all passing. And he was good. And and where he lived, he he lived in uh in one of the housing areas in Tupelo. And we would go see him on Friday nights. He would have his window up, yeah, and they'd have him a fresh batch made. And it's probably one of the coolest stories is that you, before you got to his house, mm-hmm. he had his electric guitar mm-hmm. and his amp turned up. No, he was jamming, and everybody, everybody, totally did not mind. Really? So they expected to hear like a little small blues concert. He was Johnny B. Good. Yes. Look yes. out, bro. Uncle Bibby. I, I, I love that man, man. Uh, and that's where I got my male pattern baldness from. Is that right? Yeah. That's out of the family? Yeah. Uncle yeah. Bibby. Nobody had hair. He, he played the guitar? Yes. Man. Beautiful thing. Man. My brother, my middle brother, well, he was, he was a third of five. He was two older than me, two brothers older than me. He played the guitar. He was a self-taught musician, man. Cool. And every, everybody would, at night, there was nothing to do. We didn't have television. He would get the guitar out and he would play. Uh, the first song he learned was uh, Wildwood Flower. Oh, wow. You ever heard Wildwood Flower? No. Man, it is a great uh, little riff on the guitar and he would play it. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think looking back, it was a song about marijuana, but <laughs> I didn't know it at the time. I just liked it too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was Wildwood Flower. And he would play, man, it's a great melody, man. Makes it's, sense. It's back in the 60s, you know, yeah. the 70s. Makes a lot of sense. I know, right? Now I look back, no, yeah, that makes a lot of sense Wild about our whole life. Flower. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Wildwood Flower. Yeah. You know, you know, the opening line was Wildwood Flower grew wild on the farm. We never knew what it was called. Now that I think about it, it was about marijuana. But I was yeah. a kid. I didn't know at the time. Yeah. But my brother would play it at night. He'd play the Wildwood Flower, man. Right. And he'd play Elvis tunes or he, whoever was, you know, the Beatles were really big, you know, at the time. So he would, uh, yeah. he was trying to be a rock and roller, you know. But um, I think our area was like, um, it was akin to uh, Elvis Presley, yeah, Howlin' Wolf, yeah, John Lee Hooker, um, Lightning Hopkins. 
yeah. type of uh, muddy uh, yeah. waters. Yeah, there are so many yeah. talented musicians. I mean, so many people, you know, like in your family and my family that can yeah. just sing and play. Yes. It's just incredible how God just gives some people the gift, you yeah. know, of music. You know, I've always admired that. I've always been a little jealous of it because I have none. I can't sing. I can't play an instrument. I can't tap a tambourine. I can barely clap on time. You know, <laughs> I got to watch you guys on stage on Sunday morning to make sure I got the t the, the timing down. But man. you breed excellence, though. My, all my kids can play music. <laughs> I mean, every one of them. But I give Rachel the credit for all of that because she homeschooled them, most of them and taught them all instruments. You know, don't sell yourself short. Come on, Ezra, what you and thinking? I'm gonna say this. All right, you had enough moxie about yourself. Yeah. To say, will you marry me? <laughs> and she was crazy enough to say yes. Yeah, I did marry so up. So there you go. Well, you know, we got married real young, and we were stereotypical. I was the I was the young preacher, and Rachel played the piano. Okay. You know, we were a full set, man. Yeah. When we went to a church, we could pray, we could preach and lead worship. You know, <laughs> my girl completely. Yeah, when I first time I saw Rachel, she was playing the piano. You know, oh, uh, that's cool. First time I went to church with her, she was she was leading worship. She was twelve oh, or wow. thirteen. Her and her dad were leading worship from the piano. First time I saw her. That's good stuff. Yeah, I've been in love with her ever since, man. I was going to say, hopefully you weren't, weren't that creepy church guy. Like, wow. <laughs> well, Look I was only a couple years older than her. <laughs> yeah, but we did get married real young. Uh, but she has developed. You know, Rachel can play the piano. She plays, you know, our kids play the guitar. They, they can play drums, the mandolin, keyboards, you know. Yeah. They're just, you know, multi-talented, you know. So when... They're all together, and we they all bring their instruments, you know, which doesn't happen nearly often enough. I always feel like, you know, I don't belong because I don't play anything. So they're all sitting around singing and playing music, and I'm making coffee and, you know, and, and slicing apple pie. Uh, it's like, you know, one of these things does not belong here. It's right. usually me, you know, because they're all you know, so, so talented. And you, man, you know, Sunday morning, man, that's, that, that song you guys are doing now is just blowing me away, bro. Uh, it was just on fire. I think the Holy Spirit just came through, and yeah. one, he answered our prayers about letting his anointing fall yeah. on the worship team yeah. and then just through the church because yeah. it's like the times that I don't, like if I'm leading a song and I, and I stop leading, it's because I actually hear the Holy Spirit singing yeah. through the people that's out there, and everybody was Sunday just— Sunday was so powerful like that. Man. I was on the front row— and I could just hear the voices behind me, yeah. all the people singing. It was just, it was just special, man. Yeah. If you haven't seen Ezra Lee worship, you ought to go check check out Journey's YouTube channel, or uh, you can watch us online. But man, worship is just such a uh, a gift that Ezra has, and our whole band, man. Yeah, you know, it's just, man. Phew. Top notch. Yeah. Now, I'm going to plug another one. What's and that? if you can't watch online, come in person. Well, yeah, even better, right? <laughs> I know, right? Man, it, what a great experience, bro. Yeah. It's, it's good to have so many people back at church, too, man. It's good to be together with hundreds of people who are just worshiping God yeah. in person. It's just nothing like being in the same room with hundreds of believers who are yeah. worshiping Jesus, man. It, it's, it's just special. You can kind of like disappear into each other while all of us are disappearing into the Holy Spirit. You can, you know, you know? that's what's so great about worship is it's, it's individual, but it's also corporate. Right. It's, it's really, it's a mixture of both, man. You know, it's, it's you and Jesus and then it's you and the church and then it's you, Jesus and the church. Right. It's, it's magical, bro. I don't know, man. It's just something yeah. you can't describe, bro. You know, yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, you know, it's, it's a high that just 
lingers on for hours and hours. Yeah. My, the saddest part about worship on Sunday morning for me is when it's over. It's like, right. oh man, that was the last song. That was the last downbeat. We're done. Man, yeah. it, it's it, I don't know. It's it's like one of those things where, like you said, when it's over, it's like, man, we could have kept going for another 10, 15, yeah. 20 minutes. Let's just keep rolling, man. Yeah. Let's just keep rolling. That's what's so beautiful about music and you know, music and food are like universal languages, man. And the church is very good at mixing those two together, man. Yes. You know, the church has a gift, it, it, you know, because, you know, the church was started uh, at, at the Last Supper when Jesus passed out the, the bread and the wine, you know. Yes. So it's in our DNA. It's it's who we are. And then they went out to uh, the Mount of Olives yep. and they prayed yes. and probably sang a hymn, you know. Yes. That is the church, man. The the worship music and the food the that food, we share yes. together is is, is beautiful. Me and, me and Cam went up to um, Picayune, Mississippi the other day okay. to eat at a place called Stonewall's Barbecue. I've heard of Dude, it. Dude, I got to I got to take you up there. Ezra, it is it's an old abandoned service station that they've remodeled. Oh, cool. And they put like an outdoor dining area. It's not even a real restaurant, you know. They got a you know, they, they put all their money in the in the smokers and in the cookers in the back right. of the building. So it's just a rundown old building. But dude, it is the best barbecue that I've ever had in in this area. Man. Now, were you guys big in barbecue in Tupelo? Man, well, I want to say yes, but a lot of the stuff that that we had at the time, like me growing up, it was like straight soul food. Yeah. And everybody that was cooking it, <laughs> it was hardly anybody that couldn't cook. Yeah. And so when the whole barbecue, there's one place that's been open, and I'm trying to remember the name of it. In Tupelo? It's in Tupelo. Yeah. It's in the same spot. Still there. In the same spot. Wow. That it's been since it opened. Wow. And it's matter of fact, it's around the corner from the Elvis Presley uh Maybe spot. when I go see Elvis, I can hit some yes. barbecue and um and Tupelo. man, they're gonna kill me at home. Yeah, if anybody's yeah. from home sees this, I'm like, Man, Ezra, how you how you can you forget Why'd the name you forget of the place? That, man? You know, and yeah. the barbecue is great. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, lo and behold, it's around the corner from Elvis and like probably about four or five churches yeah wow <laughs> not chickens yeah not churches chicken churches actual, Church, churches actual churches right yeah right yeah you know we ate um we ate at a barbecue place in the middle of mississippi one time i don't know where we were my friend and i were traveling we were preaching and uh it was called letha's barbecue okay and it was right by a church so we put in the letha's it wasn't in tupelo so i don't think it's the same place but she did her own barbecue you heard of her uh, pedal, yeah, pedal, yeah. pedal, Mississippi. That's where it is now. Outside of Hattiesburg, yeah. I went before they moved into Hattiesburg. Now, okay, now they got a nice restaurant of Letha's in Hattiesburg. Yeah, but I went when it's still at her house. She oh, was wow. still doing it at her house, man. She would smoke the meat at her house, do everything. So we walk in, and her kitchen it was a, it had a big kitchen, and she had six or eight tables set up, and they were all mismatched tables with chairs that didn't match each other. Right. And man, when she brought out the food, melt in your yeah. mouth, pulled pork, ribs like you yeah. have never had before. Well, now they, they're they going big time. They got a big restaurant in Hattiesburg. Yeah, pulling it's, a bone out of the meat. Uh, yeah, yeah. Man, Southern barbecue, bro, it's just, it's an art, man. It, it is. is. It really is. It's an art. 
No yeah. offense, Kansas City. Yeah, Kansas City's fine, you know. They got their own deal. Memphis is okay, but, man. No, no offense. Yeah, you get down to Mississippi barbecue, bro. Yeah. It's, you know, it's just something special. It, yep. it, it's, I think the, I think it's the, just the fact that everybody's been cooking like that. Yeah. It's the best places I've ever had barbecue, fried chicken, or fried fish yeah. is in Mississippi. And you think about that. All these foods that are considered, you know, um, specialties now yeah. started out with poor people cooking what they had. Right. That's right. just really all we had, man. You right. know, we eat crawfish. Now crawfish, crawfish is international. Right. But it was a bunch of poor people getting bugs out of the mud just to have some dinner at night, man. Right. Honestly, when I was a kid, you know, we, we were happy to get bar- crawfish boiled because there was lots of them and we could feed the whole family. Now, yeah. now it's it's a cuisine, you know, right. Cajun food everywhere you go. And I always doubt when I'm, if I'm traveling out of the country, Cajun food. Come I've on. never tasted real Cajun food outside of Cajun uh, country in Louisiana, man. Man. Something about the spices and the... Uh, you know, and the and the and the freshness of the right. seafood, it's just it's not not replaceable. Man. I remember the first time I had anything Cajun or Louisiana, and please don't don't uh, swing at me when I say this. The first place I went to was yeah. Monroe, Louisiana. Yeah, I well, made it to to the um, North Shore. Yeah, well, that's not Cajun. Yeah. No, I, it's not Cajun. But we're still gonna gonna uh, honorable right, we'll go me- we're gonna honorable mention. That sure, there you go. Because I hadn't been to the North Shore yet. Yeah, and so I went there, but. I tasted yeah. like some shrimp etouffee. Yeah. And I had some shrimp etouffee yeah. like somewhere else in the upper southeast, yeah. Midwest. I'm like, oh, this is good. But I get down here and I taste the seasoning. Yeah. My mouth just went to a whole different place. Different world, man. And I wouldn't eat anything that said Cajun or Louisiana until yeah. I came back here. Yeah. 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 That's so, a real deal. Yeah. You know, we invented hot sauce, you know. Um, Come on, Tabasco. Yeah, Tabasco is yeah. international. You know, I, I saw a Tabasco um, bottle. I think it was. In, I'm, I watched uh, Chris Pratt's new movie the other day. Uh, oh yeah, uh, Tomorrow, Tomorrow War. War, dude. That movie is so good. It, it's violent. It got some ugly language in it. But let me just tell you, it celebrates manhood. It celebrates fathers. It is a great story, it, man. It really it's is. a great story. And they and somebody had a bottle of um, Tabasco there. It's like a, a little little commercial they kind of throw into the scene you know right but tabasco came out of louisiana man yes. it came out of the swamps you know down in lafayette you know whatever what, what was avery island is where it's okay. uh, still made there yeah you can, yeah that's you, right yeah it still is. made there yeah yeah and you know they they, they uh let that uh that pepper sauce season for for years man before they turns into a product you know because we take our seasoning you know uh, serious, yeah, you know, but yeah. most of the great foods that we celebrate in Louisiana and Mississippi came out of the culture of poor people just cooking what they had, right? You know, and we turned it into something, and now it's amazing. It's uh, yeah. extravagant, luxurious. Cuisine. I had catfish yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I had some catfish, man. And I always check to see if it's local or if it's imported. I don't want to import it. Cat. I don't want, you know, I want some real catfish. Yes, man. yes. Yeah, when we had our fish fry for Good Friday, you know, we bought. Well, I, f- I forgot how many hundreds of pounds of catfish we had, but they were caught locally right here, man, and processed a few days before we cooked it. You know, it's, it's real catfish, man. Yeah. yeah, or if you get shrimp, you know, sometimes you got to look at the shrimp. If it's from China, it's like, mm, it's not going to be as good. <laughs> it's Chinese, you know, I love the Chinese, but, you know. You say that, and when I, I used to live in St. Louis, I remember uh, getting some catfish from... Um, 
my my supervisor. Yeah. And I was like, where'd y'all get these this catfish from? And they said from the Chinese place. I yeah. said, you didn't get this catfish from no Chinese place. Yeah. All my just proper language just went out the door. Why? You didn't get, no, get this from no, yeah. no Chinese place. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to go. Yeah. The the fish tasted like it came out of Mississippi. It was a Chinese restaurant. It was a Chinese restaurant that made rice and noodles wow. and dumplings and, and all fried of this catfish and fried catfish. Wow, that's not the normal Chinese no, cuisine. No, it's not. Yeah. And so we went on a binge of it for yeah. about a good month. Yeah. And I found out that they actually were getting their catfish yeah. from places like New Albany and Aberdeen, Mississippi. See, that makes sense. Yes. It's locally sourced. Yes. Right, right, out, of the, right out of the lake or the river. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My dad caught a, a 40 pound catfish when I was a little boy. We, he would do trot lines across the river with hooks every six or eight feet. And, man, one day he went to check his lines, and he pulled it up, and it, the fish came up, and it was it was probably four, four and a half feet long. It was a massive fish, man, the biggest fish my dad ever caught in his whole life. Uh, it was so big that it made newspaper. Yeah. Remember back when we had newspapers? Yes. <laughs> yes. Those don't <laughs> exist anymore either. Yeah. No. Nope. Nobody reads newspapers anymore, you know, but it made the newspaper. It, it took a picture of my dad and his, uh, his giant uh, catfish. Yeah. But, you know, um, the bigger the fish, the more fat and the less yeah. flavor. It doesn't taste yeah. nearly as good, man. Because it's a big scavenger. You like, your, you like catfish thin sliced or thick? Actually, I like fillets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you like them uh, thick or thin, thin though? I, I could go either or. Yeah, see, I, I like mine thin, man. I can go yeah. either or. Yeah, if it's, it's too a, thick, it's chewy. Yeah, yeah. The, the places yeah. that I've eaten it, yeah, they just do a great job. Yeah. yeah. You, you ever eat catfish on the bone? Yes. Whole new experience, yes. man. Yes. Yeah. 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 They got this careful. one little fatty part, yeah. and then they have some some of the jaggedest. You yeah. can use them as weapons. Yeah, those, those, those catfish bones could be like a like a comb for your hair later yeah, on. Yeah, seriously. They're, they're, they're fine little, yeah. little teeth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or perch. You ever eat a whole perch and just leave it on the bone? Yeah. I stopped eating those. Did you? Yeah. You I had you a, discover uh, something that yes, I don't I know. Yeah. <laughs> you may want to tell me what's going on. Well, no, I this I stopped eating eating uh freshly caught fish. Yeah. I have a have this thing. Um we were studying parasites. Uh oh. In in it school. Does happen. And okay, I saw how the parasites get into stuff. I and, know, right? And so on and so forth. As long and, as you cook it good, it's all right. Yeah, it's good. But <laughs> you can eat it. what they did was they forgot to take the parasite out of the oh, fish before no. they brought it in the house and I saw it in a bowl. And, you and I done. saw it trying to escape. I was like, nah, I'm not eating this. He packed a suitcase and tried to get out. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> so it had to come out of a box at the store. Hey, that reminds me, one time we were we were in Costa Rica on an outreach, and we went to this restaurant, and the missionary there ordered for all of us, and he ordered fish uh, on the bone. Yeah. And it was totally, you know, um, whole fish, eyeball still in his socket, still there. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was like, ah. I don't like eating my food when it's staring back at me, man. It's like, uh, I don't want you looking at this. Yeah, you have to have a certain level of hunger. I know. Well, yeah. I think, you know, I like I like to go ahead and just, I like you, I like to cut cut the head off, you know, fillet I mean, it, yeah. get down to the real to the real meat, yeah. you know. Yeah. But, you know, uh, I, which really, again, points back to our culture today. You know, we've forgotten how much, uh, you know, blood 
is spilled to, to make a meal or how much work goes into cooking a meal, you yeah. know? Yeah, back when you had to grow your own corn and then go harvest it and then and then shuck it and then clean it and yes. then boil it and then cook it Jeez. and then make your own corn meal out of it. Man. Man. All of that. Yeah. yeah. So your farm can be self-sufficient. Yes. I saw a meme the other day. Uh, uh, this uh, this this young girl was in a supermarket with all the food stretched out before her, and they were talking about farms. She said, "Why do we need farms? We have all the food we need right here." Yeah. And I think people forget that all this food came from a farm. It came from somebody, you know, growing right. weed or uh, you know, yeah. raising cattle or r- raising pigs or yeah, you know, you know, yeah. bacon don't make itself right. Bacon don't make itself. Yeah. It makes everything Speaking else of bacon, good. man, don't you just love thick smoked bacon? Oh, man. Crispy rind. What's the craziest thing you ever ate for breakfast growing up in the South? Let's see. Craziest thing I ever ate for breakfast? Yeah. Um, I guess I don't think it's crazy. Yeah. It's fried chicken. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes we would make, like, jambalaya for breakfast. Really? Like, our mom would do something. Not leftovers. She would make that for breakfast. Here's, here, you know, here's, yeah. you know, it's just a meal. It'd be, yeah. It's long before where you had cereal and milk or grits and eggs, you know, that kind of came, you know, it was yeah. be- becoming popular. But back then, you know, we just cook what you had in the house. You I know? think, I think my, I, I remember one breakfast my mom cooked, my mama, she cooked um, fried chicken. We didn't have flour. She used cornmeal. Mm-hmm. So for breakfast, we had fried chicken. We had those red smoked sausage or hot links, mm-hmm. bacon, sausage patties. Yeah. So that was that. Right. We had biscuits. We had rice. We had eggs. And this was just breakfast before we went to school. <laughs> this was before we went to school. Uh, you bring it to school with you? I put it in a little box. Uh, no, right we <laughs> ate at home. <laughs> and one of the one of the guys in our neighborhood. Um, I won't say his name, Tomrick. Yeah. Because he won't see this. Yeah. You can't say his name. <laughs> right. Um, he he actually would come, I know it was a quarter mile. Yeah. From his house. Yeah. To our house. Wow. When he heard about the way my mom cooked breakfast. Oh man. And he would come to our house. I, I think know. he did it for about a good week. Yeah. And That's- his mama was like, Boy, where you going? Going to Miss Barbara. I house. guess at breakfast. Right. She's making chicken. <laughs> I know, man. It's like back in that day, bro. Back in the sixties and seventies, you know, it wasn't the standard breakfast menu, you know. No, like we just take for granted today. You know, eighties, nineties. Yeah, for yeah, yeah. It, it still wasn't. Just um, cool. and I, I think it was. It probably started changing around about yeah. Yeah. the um, mid late nineties into the two thousand. Yeah, where we got away from that that whole culture. Yeah, um, you said something earlier about about sayings. We, I know we started off talking about sayings. Oh yeah, we had a few and of those. One of my 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 granny, which is my stepmom's mother, mm-hmm. and my mama, um, both of them struggled with uh, mental illness right before they passed away. Mm-hmm. And my my granny, she had Alzheimer's, and my mama, she like I said, she dealt with mental illness. But the thing that that got me was how God still works mm. with even the person that deals with mental illness because my granny may not have remembered her daughters, um, her sons and her grandkids, but she always said, 
you know what? God is still in the blessing business mm. because he's still blessing me. God bless him. And my mama, she had stroke, paralyzed, and was still dealing with mental illness. Mm. And she was like, Jesus is my hope. Wow. And those two women just off of those sayings, mm-hmm. those two women like epitomized no matter where you are in life and no matter yeah. how hard life hits you, yeah. how poor you were right. or how wealthy you were. Yeah. It wasn't worth it without knowing who Jesus was. Yeah. It really humanizes us, man, when, when we're at our lowest. Yeah. What really matters, you know, sticks. And in your mom and your granny's case, it was faith. Yeah. You know, hanging on to Jesus, man, the darkest point of their life. Yeah. yeah. We had a family who lived down the street from us. Uh, they had a son who was um, mentally handicapped, you know, and um, he was, he probably had the cognitive uh, awareness of probably a, a five or six year old, but he was a grown man. He's probably 50, 55 years old, but he'd walk through our neighborhood. And this is long before the government solved all of our problems, you know, right. in which they doing a horrible job at it, by the way. Uh, but uh, so there was no place to put him or the government didn't take care of him. You took care of your family, right. you know, and, and so they took care of him until he died and he was in his fifties, but he walked, he walked down our street and he, he knew me by name. He called me Doug. And I walk out to the edge of my, road and he always did the same thing every time in the back pocket he had a calendar and on the calendar was a picture of jesus and he'd unroll it and say do you know jesus and it's like oh i was just a little kid man man. you know and i don't know if he had the awareness of what he was doing or if it was just something that you know his mom taught him i don't know what this backstory all i know was the most important thing in his life was that picture of jesus in his pocket you know, and, and and sometimes we try to make life so much more complicated, man. Maybe he had it figured out, bro. Right. Right. Maybe he was the smart one in the group, you know? Right. You know, it's just amazing how faith always levels the playing field, man. Yeah. Always. Yeah, good food. Good good music and good singing. Good singing, boy. Oh, good, good sayings too. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we talked about earlier about all of my cousins who had nicknames based on their their bodily deformities, <laughs> which is not fair. Well, I had a my head was bigger than all my cousins' head. Oh like my I, gosh. I still got a big head, so they always called me Big Head. You know, even when I was a kid, they always made fun of how big my <laughs> really? head was. Yeah, uh, one of my cousins said, uh, "You know, uh, you lose most of your body heat through your head." And he'd always <laughs> tell me, he always say, "Doug, I bet you're freezing to death right now." Oh no. <laughs> Man, cousins can be mean. I mean, they can be cruel to each other, bro. Yeah. But it was funny. We laughed about it, you know. You know, it just it's just it's just part of life. You know, um, my mom, we, we had a cousin that was uh, overweight, and she'd always say, "Well, you know, uh, he's he's just big boned." You know, like that was a real thing. Yes. <laughs> no, mommy's fat. He's not big boned. He's big boned. That's a nice way of saying he's you know, he, he's over overweight. Um, Man. Yeah. Uh, and if you ever pulled out, bless your heart. Bless your heart can mean a lot of things. Oh man, I think I think bless your heart is just it's like like precious and princess. Yeah, you can it, mean a like, lot oh, about bless his heart. Yeah, he's such a nice child. Yeah, oh bless his heart. He's so 
dumb. That's exactly right. <laughs> he can mean he's a moron right. or he's a genius. Oh, that baby's <laughs> or so he's precious. A good person. Right. Well, bless his heart. Bless his heart. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, keep him. I know. Bless, bless his heart. <laughs> Oh man! All right, we're gonna wrap this up, bro. Uh, any other favorite food you want to talk about? You ever pick blackberries? I did. Yeah, I did. Your mom um, would make make blackberry pie. Or no, we, we would eat them straight out of the bucket. Straight? No, straight off the vine. Oh, oh straight off the briar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Straight we off. We go. So we lived out in the country, and in the woods there was this big briar patch. Ezra, even by, about an acre, it was massive. Wow! And every time the blackberries would bloom, we'd go out there. I mean, we'd bring like a two-gallon bucket. And everybody would get, you know, more berries than you could possibly eat, you know. And they grew in the wild. Yeah. Man, they were sweet and they were fat and juicy. Oh, man. Yeah. See, that, for us, that was muscadines. <sighs> the, those we, grow on vines. Yes. Yeah. We got those. Yeah. And the the skin is, like, really tough right. and tart. And once you bite through it. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. it's like a good, like... Anybody that likes sweet sour, yeah, get a muscadine. Yeah, did yours grow near the riverbanks? Yes, I it, think it was like close to to water and yeah. like in they. It didn't have to have a lot of light to grow. No, it didn't because it was usually like a heavy, yeah, heavy, heavy wooded thick or shade. patch. Yeah. yeah, ours did too because the, the the swimming hole we went to had had uh, muscadine vines all on the banks, man. Right. So at the right time of the year, man, you could go swimming and eat muscadines. You know, yeah. and we would shake the vine and they'd fall down and yeah we'd pick them up we just pick them and eat them. we didn't wash them or anything we, we didn't just, wash nothing no, just, now don't do that i know we're straight off the ground um yeah. i, I want to say any other food would probably be and my mama taught me how to cook all of this stuff so yeah. if it's a sweet potato pie yeah pecan pie i'm sorry some people say pecan yeah um but a pecan pie sweet potato pie uh, banana puddings, all of that stuff. Yeah. She taught me how to make it from scratch. Yeah. And fried chicken. Yeah. Did you eat red beans and rice? No, we did not. Man. We ate pinto beans. We ate. Did you? We yes. ate pinto beans. We ate black-eyed peas. We ate a lot of beans, but we loved red beans. In fact, it's still my favorite dish, man. Red beans and rice and fried chicken and cornbread. Yeah. I Right before I moved here, I had, uh, this was after uh, my wife and I got engaged. I tried my my whole Let's let me make some red beans and rice. Yeah, yeah, that was an epic fail. Yeah, yeah, it's an art yeah. to it, man. You gotta cook them all day. Yeah, yeah. So the reason red beans and rice uh, are popular on Mondays in the South is because it was wash day. That's when the mothers would do the laundries. Okay, you know. So my mom had an old ringer. Do you remember the ringer type oh, washers? Yeah. This is back in the 60s. So the ringer type washer, it, it didn't spin the water out. You had to pull the clothes out of the tub yeah. and put them through a, a ringer. Right. Watch it your fingers. It was yeah. Watch your fingers in your hand because it will kill you. So it it would wash. She wash all the clothes and then had to wring them and then hang them out on the clothesline. Yes. You know. Yes. It's a thousand years ago. So while she's doing all that, took all day. She would cook a pot of beans on the stove, okay. and she'd cook them all day. I'm talking about, like, hours. She'd cook those beans from the raw state to the cooked state. You know, so it would take all day. Okay. So Monday it was beans day because that's when she did laundry, and she could kind of ignore the pot while she's doing the laundry because it right. was cooking for hours. You know, so that's why it became red beans and rice Mondays in okay. at least this area. That's you know? cool stuff. Yeah, back before we had washers and dryers, man. Yeah, and I've— I, only reason why I know what that dryer, that washer is, is because like I grew up poor, so yeah. it, whatever my mom could could uh, have in the house for us to make life easier, yeah, 
you know, that's what she did. Right. She, uh, we had, we ended up, our washing machine, a modern day washing machine yeah. went out. Yeah. And so we couldn't afford to fix one. And literally somebody had mm-hmm. a ringer washer. And they gave it to you? And gave it to us. I'm like, man, I'm like, what is this thing? Dude, I feel the pain, man. We have one on our back. It wasn't even inside. It was on the back porch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I got my finger caught in there and realized Dude, that there was a release button. It will it will crush your fingers. Yes, yeah. that release button, the tip of my fingers got, like, went straight. Yeah. Like, and I was like, oh. Yeah. Like, pop. And it let the ringers loose. Saved your hand. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm left-handed, too. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of people back in the 50s and 60s that lost fingers and hands because of the ringer washers. Wow. Before they had that little device you're talking about. Wow. The emergency device. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so mom would wash clothes and then she want me to help her hang them out. So, you know, you ain't live till you hung out wet sheets, man. <laughs> Been there. I know. Everybody else Sh- had to dry. Stretch them out. I know, right? Yeah. And then when they finally got dry, you had to go bring them in. You know? Yes. Come help me get the clothes in. Yeah, but I don't know. It's clothes smell fresher. They did, man. Yeah. Dried by the wind <laughs> and the sun. Sometimes they were stiff and hard, though. You didn't like what the weather, how, how you know what the weather was like. Thank you for making me feel pretty old. Today, I yesterday. know, right, dude? <laughs> how many years ago was that? Seems like yesterday. And now, man, if you know, uh, washers and dryers and dishwashers and microwaves, uh, right. ovens, and all these appliances that we have just make life so easy. Right, amazing. Right. Like, I wash one one load of clothes a day since all of our kids are grown now. So I wash one load of clothes a day and put them in the dryer. It takes, you know two minutes to load it and then move it to the dryer. No labor involved, no hanging out clothes, no, you know, uh, right. Washer with the, with the, with the little, um, ringer thing on it. Yeah. And I know we're about done, but two appliances. Yeah. <laughs> and I promise this is, this is a, a Jesus podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but two appliances that either get a bad rap or, is used for more than what it's supposed to be used for. Yeah. Dishwasher. Yeah. Which, you know, most people are like, hey, pre-wash that before you put it in there. I know. You know, or either check it when you bring it out. Yeah. And the washing, I mean, sorry, not the washing machine, but the dryer. Yeah. The dryer is the world's best iron. Oh. <laughs> if you don't time to iron, just right. put it back in for another Knock cycle. Knock the wrinkles out. That's it. Yeah. He does the truth, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's so true. All right. Last thought. Uh, favorite drink in the South? Would y'all drink all the time? Oh man, um, for me it was yeah. root beer. Yeah, store bought or homemade? Well, it was store bought, but it was Barks. Oh yeah. And I did some research and I found out Barks was actually made in Mississippi. Yeah, really? But yes, Barks is a Mississippi-born. Get out of here! Beer. I thought it was a New Orleans nope. drink. Nope. What it, city was it? I want to say it's like Meridian, somewhere I, around Jackson. I bet Meridian. somebody right now is checking you. On, yeah, no, uh, it's seriously, it's Mississippi, yeah. and Coca Cola bought them out. I thought it was a New Orleans thing. Nope, it uh, is a Mississippi born drink. We would buy the little uh, uh, root beer mix on a bottle and add you add water to it. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember the name of it now, but it was, it was, it was poor man's root beer. But yeah, man, we used to do that, and we drank a lot of Kool Aid. Oh come on, man! I mean, we drank grape Kool Aid until red. Yeah, y'all drink red. <laughs> yeah, I love grape. In fact, I still like grape Kool Aid. By the way, grape Kool Aid tastes nothing like real grapes. No, no, it's just purple in color. It's just purple. It has nothing to do with the flavor of grape. No, but and that goes for everything. Snowballs, grape snowballs taste nothing like yeah. grapes. That's Weilers. Yeah. Uh, 
drink mints. They take like your, it they taste like closer green? to really. Green. Yes. Well, we would get Kool Aid brand. So one packet and a half a gallon, or what was it, a gallon, and then a cup of sugar. Man, we did that every day all <laughs> summer long. Awesome. And then we make popsicles out yep. of it. Put them in the freezer. Yeah. You know, make make homemade popsicles. But my favorite drink of all time, homemade sweet tea. Oh come on, man. How much do you love sweet tea? I love sweet tea to the extent of where if I go buy it from Pop, uh, Popeye's, yeah. I'll add a bottle of water, water to it every day until it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> to to the sweet tea? Yes. It's that sweet. So, how, so what do you do? Oh, you add water to their sweet tea? <laughs> to oh. their sweet tea. Well, you know to the stretch recipe. It out. The recipe in Louisiana is two cups of sugar for every gallon of sweet tea. With a side of insulin. Yeah, with that's diabetes <laughs> in a bottle, man. But that's literally the recipe. If you, the restaurant that sells sweet tea, right. they brew it. It's two cups of sugar to a gallon of sweet tea. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's why it's called sweet tea. Yeah. Sugar it or sweeten yeah. it while it's hot. Exactly. You got you to gotta mix the sugar while the tea is still steeping, man. You got to, yeah. when you pull the bag yeah. out. Put the sugar in immediately. That yeah. way it absorbs in the tea. Then add the cold water. Yes. Yeah. And you know it's fresh. We ate somewhere yesterday. I ate a catfish uh, meal for lunch. And the girl said, uh, um, I had one a refill of tea. And she was gone like for three or four minutes. A long right. time. She came back and said, hey, I'll, I'll be a few minutes there making some fresh tea, which is always good news for me. She finally came back. The tea was still warm in the glass, even though it was full of ice. That's how fresh it was, man. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I had to get another... A glass of ice just to cool the tea down but man it was it was perfect it's steep just right is the right color it was the right amount of sugar i don't know is there a better experience for your food than finish yeah. it off with sweet tea oh man yeah sweet tea, man. yeah all right any closing thoughts before we get out of here yeah just uh probably like i said i was thinking with the with, with the whole sayings things is like when whenever my parents or my grandparents gave me a saying. It it had like a dual purpose. Yeah. The purpose was for right then, but then mm-hmm. but later on it was like, oh, okay, I see what they're saying. It's not necessarily that I Yeah. There's things that I can't do. Yeah. But it's to show me that I can press through the things that yeah. it looks impossible. What was that saying your your mom taught you? you said, my mom said there's no such thing as I can't. There you go. Yeah. And don't say I can't. Stuck, right. right. It's stuck with me. And I don't think it's because our moms and dads were under any delusion that we we were superhuman, right. but they didn't want us to limit ourselves, you know, right. because my dad grew up in the Great Depression. Yeah. You know, he, he there was a lot of limitation, but he was always positive and encouraging. Yeah. You know, he had he had really no reason to be other than he knew that what without a what an attitude of faith and and trust and believe in anything's possible then you're going to be stuck where you are forever. Yeah. You know? I, and I think the same thing with my parents. They yeah. they had that um, thought process too because they grew up during Jim Crow South. And yeah. um, my mom, I didn't even know she was a sharecropper. Right. At like five, six years old, she was outside picking cotton. Right. Yeah. And right. I'm like, really? And my mom would probably just be on the cusp of turning 70. She'd still be in her 60s if wow. she was alive. Wow. And so for... For her to say that she was empowering her kids. Just to know, imagine what she overcame. Yeah, and how much faith she held onto in the face of all of know, that stuff. All of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, when when you look back at where our parents came from, you know, the uh, Great Depression was a hundred years ago. Well, nineteen twenty nine. So right at a hundred years ago, you know, and my dad grew up, you know, 
in the Great Depression. They lived on a farm and had nothing. You know, just eked out a living out of the dirt, you know. Yeah. You know, and to think where we are, you know, where we are today living in, you know, um, in, in the 21st century with all the modern conveniences and, and food and music, you know. We're yeah. blessed, man. Like all yeah, I know he's telling the blessing business. Come on, because he's still, still blessing, blessing me. me. Come on, <laughs> hey, this is Doug McAllister, <laughs> along with Ezra Kaysen. Uh, You've been watching uh, stories we didn't tell Sunday, so we got to tell you some back stories that things that we love. Uh, this is the podcast from Journey Fellowship Church. Uh, if you want to watch more episodes, they're all on the Journey app. You can download it from your app store. Uh, you can go to your app store, search Journey Fellowship Church app. Download it to your smart device. If you live nearby Slidell, Louisiana, come visit us in person. Uh, you can hear Ezra lead worship. I, I speak most Sundays. Uh, we have a great opportunity this Sunday to worship God together. If you're looking for a church or new to the area, come visit us. We're in Slidell, Louisiana on Pontchartrain Drive, right across from the new Walmart. We'd love to worship God with you. Check us out at journeyfellowshipchurch.com or come visit us live and in person. Or if you're living far away, you can always watch the online campus. Journey Fellowship Church is online every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 6 p.m. is a rebroadcast. And we'd love to worship with you in person, online, or just keep up with us here on the podcast. And check out my blog, dougmcallister.com. Uh, it's an ongoing conversation I have with my dog about things in life. We just have a good conversation every Thursday morning. So we'd love to get to know you and worship God with you. So on behalf of Journey and Ezra, Doug McAllister saying, God bless you. We love you. Hope you have a great day.